I feel like they would be good in like a savory dish or yeah, it was so good. Um, also, did you guys even realize that it's Super Bowl Sunday? Because I sure no. did. Not. Wait, it is today. The yeah, Super the Bowl? Super Bowl. Wait, am I? Am I, I lying? First, I, I thought it was the first one in February. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it next, is Saturday. Next, week. next Saturday? It's on a Saturday? Next Sunday. Oh. All right. Sorry for the false <laughs> alarm. I really. Why did I not think that it I was today? I was like, it's today. Like, I was probably, even going to watch it. You probably saw ads for Super Bowl stuff and just thought so. I guess so. Yeah. No, I had to question, like, like, yesterday or Friday, I was like, is the Super Bowl this Sunday? But then I was like, oh, it's January 31st, so it's it's not. I mean, I don't care. I just, I think I'll, I just want to watch it so that if anyone's talking about commercials, I can be like, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not, I'm not even going to I think the halftime show is The weekend. who, like, I like him enough, but I don't really care to yeah. put in the time to watch that. Yeah. I mean, I like Shakira and J-Lo a lot, and I didn't even watch that, so... I think maybe I'll be like, Dad, we should make Super Bowl snacks. That'd be nice. And they'll watch it, and I'll eat the snacks. <laughs> I'll definitely watch the Puppy Bowl, but... Oh, yeah. Or the kitten, the kitten Halftime Show. Mark was making fun of me. He's like, the Puppy Bowl's so stupid. I was like, the actual Super Bowl's so stupid. Ooh. Right? <laughs> oh, man. I just don't care about sports. I'm literally that girl in the video that's like, go sports, all drunk. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really care either. Yeah. I'll go to a sporting event to get drunk. Same. <laughs> Speaking of sports. What? Should we get into the <laughs> athletic competition show that we're here to talk about? <laughs> it's like, what happened in the sports news? Yeah, I mean, I guess we can. I know there's a lot to unpack this this episode, but like, there's a lot of action. I feel like it's going to leave a lot of room for, for chatter because it's just all challenges and tribals. Yeah, there is. I also have a Bachelor thing I want to talk about, and I'll save mm -hmm. it for Scuttlebutt. Which I know that's for Survivor, but I feel like it makes sense there. Okay. But I'm just actually, did you hear about like the Caitlin Bristow drama? Yeah. That fascinates me and I want to talk about it. Okay. But first things first, hello everyone and welcome to Idle Chatter. If you're new here, we are a Survivor fan podcast where usually we're recapping episodes as they air, but in this extended hiatus, we've been working our way through some old favorites and we're currently on heroes versus villains and we're getting near to the end i'm laura and i'm ashley hello and we're joined today by a special guest friend of the show courtney i'll hello. let you pronounce I, I yeah i guess i was gonna say your last name and then i was like <laughs> fuck i can't pronounce it because you have a new one yes my new last name is chizeski Courtney wow. Chazeski. That's so weird. So it's, you know, sounds a little Russian or Polish. I don't know. <laughs> that's me now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's been, it's been about a month of marital bliss. How's, how's it going? It's good. I mean, not much has changed. Just being in quarantine, same old thing. Looking forward to uh, going on a honeymoon at some point, but I don't know when that'll be. Mm -hmm. oh, I know. I hope things get better so you can do that. Yeah. We'll go somewhere, even if it's like somewhere nearby we'll do something in the spring slash summer but for now it's just kind of a waiting game to see where we can go you and i also need well, i mean anyone else can come we also need to go to baltimore yeah me and you also need to go on a honeymoon trip it would be more of an anniversary trip because we've already been but back to baltimore yeah we fucking love baltimore it's the best it's so fun 
I saw someone on Instagram today posted their friend's sweatshirt, and it's, like, this, like, bright, like, rainbowy thing, and it was, like, welcome to Baltimore. Like, we're much more than murder. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> it's God. It's true, though. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, we need to go to the wharf rat. We need Bottom to go to the rat. horse you came in on saloon. Yeah. Laura, I mean, if, if you if you want to come to Baltimore with us, I mean, at this point, it's not looking until probably until, like, the freaking fall or something. Yeah, I mean, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend. <laughs> You, you can bring your baby. We can go to the aquarium. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'm just giving hard maybes to everything. Yeah, I know. I mean, if you if you need to stay home with your with your um offspring, I totally understand. We'll say, we'll say. So, okay. There's no good transition into this episode from talking about offspring. But this is episode 12, so we have, this is the, the third to last one, episode. Rupert acts like a big baby. Oh, good one. Speaking <laughs> of babies. babies. <laughs> oh, I want to, like, edit that out so it's smoother. <laughs> Speaking of babies, Rupert is a big one this episode. Yeah. So this episode is called A Sinking Ship. This is the second of our three ship titles uh, of this season. So just to give a little recap, Jeff says that anybody who'd been targeting Russell found themselves targeted instead. The only person that crossed Russell and still survived is Sandra. And last week, Candace saw an opportunity. She lined up with Russell and, you know, essentially forced Sandra to rejoin the villains. Russell played his idol, which was kind of a waste because both Sandra and Candace voted with the villains. And then Jeff lets us know that tonight there's a surprise. There's going to be two immunity challenges, two necklaces, two tribal councils, and two survivors are going to go home. I know. I was not expecting that. But, I mean, the episode definitely was action-packed. Courtney, did you initially watch this, like, back when the pandemic started and you were watching all the seasons? Yeah, I don't remember exactly when I watched it, but it was definitely one of the first ones I watched. Yeah, so it's been a while. Yeah, it was probably like at least eight months ago. Okay. So we start off, it's night 30, and Jerry says something very interesting. She says, tribal council was interesting. Candace helped us out, but now she's a threat because somebody who flips that easily will flip back just as fast. So we don't need her anymore. Yeah, I was surprised it went that way too. I I figured maybe she would just hold on to her i mean i guess she has a point like maybe candace has no loyalty anywhere look she's just looking out for herself it seems a, a tad unfair because like i i don't i don't it just seemed unfair to me and i feel like i just need to warn you guys and everybody but i feel like i have some feminist rants coming on in this episode <laughs> like fine. for for instance the next thing we get into is Rupert and Colby are talking about Candace and they're calling her manipulative, weak, etc. And yes, she flipped on them, but it reminded me a lot of um, in Winners at War, Sarah Lucina's tribal discussion about the differences between men and women and Survivor and just when a man makes a particular kind of move, it's painted in one light and when a woman does it, you know, she's manipulative and weak and a monster. <laughs> and you like, know what, though? I personally say, though, I think Rupert, though, truly 
is looking like at hero versus villain because he fucking hates Russell too and will say even worse stuff. I I I think that if Colby did this, Rupert would be saying perhaps the same kind of shit about him. I don't know I where Colby's coming from. I think that's fair. I guess something that I'm still not over is JT literally gave Russell an idol. I know. And that's like real stupid. <laughs> and it's just like he he was the I don't know. I'm not over that and it's just like I don't I don't I don't know that like Rupert and Rupert was like kind of part of that. Like I I don't know. I I see what you're saying and I I think you're right that it is different coming from Rupert, but and I guess I also have to remember that this is season 20 and we're not necessarily to the evolution where like moves like the one Candace made are you know regarded as what they are. Yeah. Well, also too, I mean, JT, I think I think JT, Rupert and Colby all had a plan to go to the final 3 anyway. No women were invited. So, you know, there is that. Mhm. So, that I, could be a little sexist there. This episode really Okay, so you know how spoiler alert in Ben's season, there's just so much talk about like how much the producers wanted him to win and set him up to win. Yeah. And this episode felt so similar, but with Rupert. Did you, do you feel that? Did the producers want Rupert to win? Yeah, or at least want him to stay in the game. Um, I mean, he, he is like a fan favorite, so maybe. I don't know, I just, I want him gone so bad that I, I, maybe I'm not picking up on it. Uh, yeah, it was, but then, like, that's, that's exactly it, but it's just frustrating, because I feel like the whole, well, I don't want to, whatever, I don't want to skip ahead, but I feel like there's, like, I'll bring it up as we go, but I feel like there's several things that were just, like, their last-ditch attempts to help out Rupert, but to that point, Rupert and Colby are talking, and he says, Colby and I are on a sinking ship, episode title, there are no other heroes. Yeah. I wrote a note about that because Rupert's just like so high on his hero horse. I feel like he just keeps bringing it up and he's really like identifying with that whole thing. So I guess when Candace didn't go along with it, that was just, you know, too much for him to handle because it's to him, it's heroes versus villains and there's, you know, no gray area there. Well, yeah, and he would like rather lose a hero than like win a villain. And it's like, oh, good for you. But like the whole point is to win the fucking money. Like right yeah it, well it is a sinking ship for him he's going down on that hero ship no matter what and candace was trying to get off it and save herself and he didn't like that because it wasn't honorable i guess oh my god rupert wants to be like dido and he will go down with this <laughs> there will be no white flag above rupert's uh shelter <laughs> It's day 31 and he, Rupert just picks up where he left off last night and he this is a, a huge statement. He's talking about Russell and he says he could be worse than Johnny Fairplay. He is. And <laughs> he he basically decides that he wants to try and provoke Russell and show everyone how disgusting Russell can be. And this is kind of a dumb attempt because everybody already knows who Russell is. Like, nobody yeah. is under any illusion that he's a good guy. Exactly. Yeah, Rupert really tries to give him some zingers, but it doesn't go... It doesn't really <laughs> phase Russell one bit. 
yeah, he's just like, you're like this, Russell, and Russell is basically like, yeah, you're right, I do not care about you. And then my favorite line was when Russell said, the second coming of Christ, Rupert. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that I was so that. great. I was dying. Yeah, yeah, Rupert's just like, oh, you're a terrible, disgusting human being, swearing on your kid's life. And Russell's just like, it's a game. And then he's like, you're right, I don't give a fuck about you or your family. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Then you're such a dumbass, Rupert. <laughs> the best thing, when, then when Russell in his interview to us says, get your tie-dye ready because you're going home. <laughs> oh man that's a great that's so great i think you know that the reason that i keep getting frustrated is that i'm i'm just like these are two people who rupert is in a very small minority at this point and i i don't know i'm just like i, I feel like this whole season has been rupert versus russell and there's wire like i i just like Parvati's a really strong player. Jerry's a really strong player. Sandra's a really strong player. Like, why isn't the storyline more about the women? It's because the producers are living for, like, these two good versus evil alpha males. And it's just, like, it's so predictable. I I mean, Parvati definitely has a storyline of her own, though, where people want her gone. Yeah, but I feel like compared to Russ, the Russell Rupert, it's like so small. Like, it's I don't know. Yeah, I guess it was it, it was kind of different times back then, ten years ago. So that I feel like plays a part. I also feel like um, Parvati's story is just more interesting because to me, when it comes to Rupert versus Russell, it's not a competition. Like Russell's gonna outwit him. It's not yeah. going to be a thing, whereas Parvati, I've just, I don't know, I feel like she's more multifaceted and interesting. Definitely. Yeah. All right, so we get to our first challenge, and right off the bat, everybody's in for a surprise. They're playing for immunity, not reward, and this is a classic challenge. It is called When It Rains, It Pours. It first debuted uh, in Survivor Africa. We've seen it in All Stars. We've seen it in Micronesia. And basically what you have to do is stand barefoot on a wooden perch with your arm raised above your head. Sorry, as I'm describing this, I just raised my own arm. <laughs> uh, okay, so your, your wrist is like connected to this bucket above you. And when you lower your arm or you drop, the bucket's going to fall on you and you're out. One thing to note is the difference between this challenge now and previous iterations is the perch they didn't have a perch before oh no hopefully rupert can last on his toe <laughs> i'm sure he can last hours yeah right the other twist is that jeff is going to tempt them with food items and then he also holds up a little scroll and is like i'll save this for the end Ooh, what's it gonna be some other notes rupert competed in a variation of this and he lasted pretty long and Parvati won this challenge, but again, the perch is a new addition. Yeah, she lasted six hours, I think he said. Yeah. I couldn't even That's stand crazy. in place without my arms up for six hours. Right? Crazy. I think I, I tried this at some point. When Matt and I were watching All Stars, I tried it, and it, yeah, it was really hard. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it. When I got my spray tan for the wedding, you kind of have to hold your arms out for like maybe two minutes. And that was hard. <laughs> I've yeah, done something yeah. like that in forever. Rough. 
All right, well, let's get into it. After one minute, Jeff brings out the first item and he doesn't even unveil what it is. And Sandra and Russell both say they want it without even seeing it. Now, I I have to think it's just that they already are struggling so hard. They know that it's better to eat than just fall off after this reward goes away. Like, right? Is that the logic, do you think? That or they're just really hungry. Yeah. I, I at least would want to see what I mean, with is. Sandra, I think she has, like, very little confidence in her ability to compete in these challenges. So, for her, she's not going to try and lose. She knows she's not going to stay up there for six hours. So, why not yeah. just spare yourself the trouble and get off and eat some food? I just like the fact that it was, like, a minute in. Like, were they struggling so hard already? I guess she figures what's the point of struggling longer when you can just get off now for a reward. Yeah. I guess maybe I Her, it makes more sense to me than Russell. I'm kind of surprised Russell didn't try longer. Yeah, I just, I feel like maybe I would, well, you don't even know what it is. What if it, like, I, don't, I feel like I would maybe want to hold out, if I could hold out a little longer for some better food than cookies and milk. Which is I would have at least better. waited till they lifted it to see what it was. Yeah, right. But It would have only been like want... 10 more seconds. Yeah, they, they want it. And they take well, what it. is it? Cookies and milk. I would be very disappointed. Um, I was disappointed as soon as Jess said oatmeal raisin. I was like, oh. <laughs> There's also chocolate chip and what appears to be Oreos. I mean, I'll eat an oatmeal raisin, especially if I'm hungry, but, like, that's not what I want. Uh-uh. It's just not very, like, filling, you know? It's not like it's, like, some kind of protein. It's just a cookie. Well, I guess milk would help, but. Yeah, I don't know. If you're yeah, that sort of thing. I'm imagining the milk to be warm. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Okay, well, I guess then Jeff brings out, like, not even that much longer later, right? Like, this hasn't been going I think it was, like, 20 long. minutes for the next one. Yeah, so he brings out some donuts and iced coffee, which, okay. I mean, I just don't want to eat four donuts. I mean, I guess if you're starving, you do, but... But Colby, and I'm like, I'm like, Colby, you are in trouble. Like, you're not going to even try. And then, because Jeff's like, oh, you know, anyone? You know, I'll give it to Sandra and Russell. And then Colby, like, I don't know. Like, does he really want it that bad? Or does he just want Russell to not have it? But he steps down Here, too. Here's the thing. If I'm going to step down, I do not want to fucking share the thing that I'm stepping down for. If I claimed it and then two other people... We're like, oh, Sam, I want that too. I'd be like, well, fuck, now that changes. Uh-huh. I w- if I'm stepping down for a third of something, that's not worth it. But I think I, the, yeah, I too was like, Colby, are you serious? Are you kidding me, Colby? But I I was glad that if he was stepping down, he was getting those four donuts to himself. Yeah, I guess. My thing is, like, the coffee just does not do it for me whenever they present it. Because I think about when I tried to quit caffeine and how sick I got and had to drink coffee at three o'clock in the morning. So I, my logic is you're out there for what, 30 days, you're already off the caffeine. I would not want to like introduce that back in. I would like not drink coffee. Wait, what do you mean how to drink it at three o'clock in the morning? All right. So first, I don't remember why, but I was like, I'm going to quit caffeine. I'm going to stop drinking coffee. And I had no idea I was even addicted to caffeine. So I was just like, all right, I'm going to stop drinking. So I think I went like two days at a terrible headache. It was nonstop the third day. I couldn't sleep because my headache was so bad. So I got up at literally three o'clock in the morning and made coffee and went right back to bed because I was so sick. 
Oh my wow. god. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I'm not quitting coffee. But that's the thing. Like, I would not want to introduce caffeine back into my life just to have it taken away again. I feel like it wouldn't benefit you. It would just make you feel like shit after. Yeah, I that that is a good point. Now, I think this is this isn't about the show. This is about coffee. It's so funny because I don't like I drink coffee all the time, but I never think of myself as being addicted to coffee. But it's so funny days I don't drink coffee. I don't get like a headache or anything, but I just am so tired and I feel terrible. And then I realize halfway through, I'm like, oh, I didn't have any coffee. Wow. That's why I feel like absolute fucking shit. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. You don't even realize you're addicted to it. I, I too quit coffee once and I, it was the worst three weeks, but I made it. And then my life was great. And then I got a new job and they had free coffee. <laughs> and then I started drinking it again and that's it. But I don't know. Part of me thought like, oh, maybe like, cause when you're pregnant, you can still have a certain amount of coffee a day. And I don't, I don't drink a ton anyway. I drink a half a cup to a cup and by a cup, I mean a mug. But yeah. usually when I drink half of it, it gets cold and that's that. But yeah, I, so I don't know. I like thought I was like, oh, maybe this is like a good time to quit. But I know I'm going to want coffee once the baby is here and I need to oh, be yeah. like alive. But I, I, yeah, I don't, I just don't care that much. Anyway. Where were we? <laughs> okay. 30, we're down to five people. 35 minutes have elapsed. We get a close up of Rupert's fucking toe. And then. The next item is brought out, and this is this is what if I were gonna step down for anything, this one looks good. It's peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, uh, a big bowl of chips, a bowl of candy, and milk. I don't know why they were like, guys, we have like a, a stockpile of milk. We need to get <laughs> the milk's gonna go bad tomorrow. Put it in every <laughs> reward. So this is where Jerry, I think Jerry kind of says she wants it first, but then Candace and Danielle say they want it too. This is what, I'd be so fucking pissed off if I had to share it between three people. You guys know I hate sharing. <laughs> yeah, well. It looked like there was a lot though, at least. It was, yeah. a, it was a pretty big platter. Well, one thing too that's notable is Candace like mouths to Danielle right before this. Like, I think even before it comes out, like, oh, like can Parvati stay up there? Like, we need someone to beat Rupert. And then Danielle's like, I know, like, crap. And then they see that, and they're just like, eh. Like, and, and Parvati does agree. She's, she's like, I'll stay. So she kind of gives them the green light to step down and mm -hmm. share the PB&J feast. Yeah. Would you guys, like, do... Wait, so if the, it was the three of us... Well, Laura, you'd be staying up there because I feel like you'd have the best chance and me and Ashley would be eating the peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. I don't know, Courtney. I feel like you would have a pretty good chance. I don't know. I don't have very good endurance. But I feel like you have a lot of internal resolve when you want something. I, I mean, if it came down to a beating Rupert, I feel like that would really help me because <laughs> I'd want to do it so badly. But. I might would I might want to stay because okay I feel like these these progress and progress so it was like oh some cookies oh some like donuts and coffee like oh a sandwich I feel like the next one would be like a cheeseburger or something yeah that's so true you know, you know there is a cheeseburger on deck yeah like or even like pizza or wings or something or like chicken nuggets like well I don't I don't know I, I don't think chicken nuggets <laughs> I was gonna I, say I've never about, seen that well I, I'm thinking about the one time there was a reward and then Wesley Nail like yeah. said like I <laughs> like he won a chicken nugget eating contest or something and I was like wow that's awesome 
Oh my god. Like, where do I sign up? I love chicken nuggets. So at this point, an hour and 10 minutes have elapsed. And again, it's down to Parvati versus Rupert. And Sandra starts talking to Parvati and she's like, he's moving a lot. He's wiggling around. And Parvati's like, shh, be quiet. And then uh, what do you know? Rupert falls down and he screams, damn it. Yeah. No, Laura, he slips. He didn't fall. Oh, he yeah. could have stayed on for hours. <laughs> yeah. You're so there. right. That was ridiculous. He's quiet, like gruff. Like he's, he's like, I slipped. I could have made it hours. It's so I embarrassing. I say that, and it's like, but you did it. If you could have yeah. made it hours, you would have made it hours. Like, exactly. Like, He's just okay, a sore loser. Keeping your balance is literally part of the challenge. Like, you you slipped. You, could, you did not make it hours. Get over it. All right. So, Jeff now is going to read this immunity clue out loud. And this is what I'm talking about, where I'm like, they clearly want Rupert to have a fighting chance to make it further. Because why on earth would they just give every? I, I don't recall yeah. having ever seen something like this where it's just read out loud to the whole group and not given to a specific person or like, I don't know, the fucking winner. <laughs> but yeah. like, like, I wonder if Rupert won this challenge if Jeff would have been like, all right, sir, here you go. Here's your clue. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I was trying to think. I was like, have they ever done that before? I don't recall. I, 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 we could, I can research it, but I, I don't know, man. So he reads it out loud. The one takeaway is it's near a burning bush and everybody gets back to camp and starts looking all around for it. And Sandra is, finds it, and she actually, for the first time this season, is the only person to, like, very calmly and discreetly find it and not tell anyone. Thank God. Yeah. Good for her. Well, and I'm confused, too, though. Did she, she went back to the bush. Did she keep the idol and just put the, the paper in, back in the bush? I thought I saw her put it in a different, like, green bush. I just, isn't that dangerous, though, when every, like, I know it's not a burning bush, but, like, if everyone's out scrambling, looking everywhere, like, that's risky. Mm. I don't know. I, it made me nervous. It's a risk either way. If she had kept, as we're going to see, if she had kept it in her pocket, that would have been a risk. Yeah. You just need to put it in your crotch. Don't be afraid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she kept saying, oh, it's so, you know, bulgy. I can't. She did leave it, but I guess it worked out in the end because no one found it. I just feel like. I mean, yeah, no one did, but I don't did know. Did she go back for it, though? Did we ever see that? We don't see it, but I, she, I, must, she have. must have. I just feel like if she, like, I can't remember what she was wearing. Like, was she wearing her red t-shirt? Because I feel like if she had her red t-shirt, you could easily just no. put that. She should have worn it, because then you could just put it in between your boobs. She was wearing her black halter and her, her red shorts. Oh, uh, she should have put the t-shirt on so she could have hit it in her bra. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah, but it's, it all worked out in the end. Yes, it well, it worked out for Sandra. It did not work out for Rupert, who decides, okay, I didn't find the idol. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick this big old rock in my pocket and try to make people think I have the idol. He says, this isn't my first game of Survivor. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I was really shocked that Russell immediately bought it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. yeah, he was like, I know exactly what the idol looks like in your pocket, and that's it. Like, no, literally, you, you know, know what, but... 
you, you know what a full pocket looks like, Russell. Congrats. <laughs> so do we all. But it's just because you're looking for evidence that you find it. So before we get into what happens next, did you guys notice that throughout this episode, they, they kept blurring out the top of Russell's crotch? No. No, I didn't notice. Yeah, like his shorts were, I guess, a little bit too low. And I don't know if they were like blurring out like pubes or whatever, but like they would blur out right above the waistband of Russell's shorts. Oh, I did not notice. I did notice that Russell got super skinny, so I guess the shorts are probably just too big at this point. Yeah. I feel like there's rope out there somewhere if you wanted to make a belt, but yeah, if you wanted what do to. I know? So Russell decides that since Rupert has the rock idol, they need to split the vote. And he wants to split it between Russell and Colby. But Jerry is like, no, 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 let's do Candace. And Colby overhears this and he tells Rupert and they realize that since they're doing that split vote, if Rupert and Colby both vote Candace, they can send her home. Yeah, that was pretty smart. I was I was happy for them in this moment. Colby's first moment of strategy. Yeah, good job, buddy. Oh, I forgot to give you guys a little fun fact. Parvati winning this immunity challenge marked the first time somebody has won the same challenge twice. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. That's basically it. And then we go to tribal. Yeah. Amanda looks pretty good at tribal. Yeah, she does. So does Jade. This is when I wrote my note when Mark came in. He was like, what are you writing notes about? And I was like, oh, the show. Luckily, he didn't read my note because I just wrote, JT looks hot on the jury. (laughs) You would have been like, cool notes. (laughs) Hey, I I write stuff like that all the time in my notes. It is important. Yeah. Honestly, okay. I don't know what I hate my, I don't want to talk about it. Um, I don't know why. But, like, I've been kind of intrigued by Coach lately. <laughs> I don't know if it's, like, our friends at Escaping Reality that are like, oh, my God, Coach. Like, I feel like I'm starting to, like, like him a little bit now. And so, I don't know. I'm, I'm confused. But I'm confused about this feeling. So, I'm just putting it out there. I was like, oh, there's Coach on the jury. I have a Coach-related surprise for you guys towards oh, the cool. end of the episode. Before we get there. <laughs> Jeff asks everybody at tribal about the fallout and rupert says well you know there's only two heroes left since candace is now a villain and this gets a little heated because candace says the numbers were already there me voting for amanda didn't make any difference and colby he says he's like i don't want to hear any excuses and he's like so mad i know but i mean she she said that like her vote wasn't the nail in the coffin. Amanda had a target on her back because she's a strong strategic player, and she also calls it a sinking ship. So we have our episode title twice. Mm-hmm. And Colby's like, well, then you should have just said that. And so she fucking just did, but okay. Yeah, like oh, but you didn't want any excuses. Like what? <laughs> Jeff then asks about the idol clue, and Rupert is like, I walked into the jungle and I stayed there until I was comfortable. Yeah. It's basically it. Yeah. That that's where we go into the vote, right? Yeah, we get to the vote, and the first thing is I notice Rupert is just glaring at Candace. Oh really? Well I I noticed that Jeff goes, Oh, if anyone has a hidden immunity idol and Rupert like touches his pocket, <laughs> like, oh good one. Got a hidden yeah. rock. He, 
he fumbles with it for a while, which is like, at that point, you're just playing with them unless he is really trying to make them think that he's going back and forth and deciding whether or not to play it so that maybe he can carry this bluff into the next vote. But yeah, well, let's read them out. We got Rupert, 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 Candace, 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 Candace. Look at Colby with the strategy. I know. That really worked out well for them. Jeff's final words of this tribal, it's a risky move when you betray trust in order to gain trust. Candace's parting words to us are that karma's a bitch sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, she gets, it's how the game's played. She's cool about it. So they get back to the beach and Russell's pretty pissed. Yeah. He says, we just blew it. The girls got their heart involved. I should have sat them down and said no. And then he tells Jerry that it was stupid. And Jerry and Danielle are like, chill, dude. He doesn't have the idol. And at this point, Russell's nervous because him and Parvati are, he thought he was controlling it. But now he realizes like him and Parvati are pretty much equals, which we knew all along. And Russell says, you know, all it's going to take is Rupert to win immunity once to fuck everything up. Yeah, that is a good point. Like, I don't know why. Well, I I kind of agree with him. They should have just gone for Rupert or Colby. I agree, too. Not Candace, but I don't know. Yeah, that's who's to say. So I guess we, we get into another challenge now already. Damn, right? Right away. This one is called Pegatory Knockout, and it's also been known as Wall to Wall. Again, this is one that has made the rounds a few times. But no, please, please go ahead and describe. Okay. So everyone's going to start out by digging up a peg and then running to a table maze and completing the table maze. The first five to do that move on to the second round. Um, The second round, they have four pegs and they are using them to get up a wall. And then three of them move on to the final round, which is a slide puzzle. I, okay, so this is the other thing that... I kind of feel like is rigged and they do do this from time to time where they have these different stages of five people are going to go on to the next round and then three people are going to go on to the next round. But I feel like when you do this, when you have people just like out of it at certain points, then it takes away the chance for like a crazy comeback. Like if everybody was just in it to the end. Yeah. People have a chance at like coming, making up time and coming back. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good that's point. That's true. Yeah, I don't really understand the reason for doing it in phases, but maybe just to switch it up. There was no way for them to know Rupert would be one of those people to go on to the final round, but I don't know. I'm just so skeptical. Yeah, maybe they made Rupert's peg very obvious and hit other people's better. Than he did. did. I mean, just to get into it, they're they're digging for their pegs, and Rupert does find his first, and everybody else is digging for, like, a lot longer. Yeah. little suspect yeah he's off to a very quick start and then everybody kind of finds theirs one after the other except for poor colby who does finally find his but is um a lot further behind so when colby had his first season on the show he was really good right wasn't he like amazing at challenges no this is okay so he during australia he won seven individual immunity challenges yeah i was like i remember hearing he was like notorious for being good Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. 
But so going back to that first round, Rupert finishes first, then Sandra, and then Russell, and then Parvati. One spot left, Danielle finishes. So the five of them are going to move on. Next up is this wall portion. And again, the first three to the top move on. Jeff mentions that you can use the pegs however you want. You don't even have to use them. If you can just shimmy up the wall with your own body, that's fine too. And Russell kind of does that. Like he gets a he gets a running start and makes it a good way up. Rupert tries to do it too and fails. He cannot do that. <laughs> Jeff makes some kind of comment and I, I didn't write it down, but Jeff kind of like shaded him when he failed at it. Like you're going to have to try harder. <laughs> so... Russell finishes first, and then Rupert, and then Parvati. So the three of them are going to go on to the final round. Sandra's, like, up, not very far up the wall, but she's like, now how do I get down? She was so funny. shocked that she even got through the first round. As soon as she finishes, she goes, I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> the final component is this slide puzzle, which I love a fucking slide puzzle. It's just the Survivor logo, no big deal. Russell is showing some progress, Rupert too. Parvati's kind of out of it, but... Russell and Rupert are neck and neck, again, like the producer's wet fucking dream. And ultimately, Russell wins immunity. Uh, the producers are throwing a tantrum somewhere. Rupert says to himself, you made it so far and came up short. The lie of a rock in your pocket is not going to save you tonight. He's so disappointed in himself. Yeah. We get back to camp and it's pouring rain and... Harvey says, all right, well, I want Rupert to go home tonight. Like, we need five fill-ins at the end. Russell, however, has a different idea in mind because he doesn't like that Parvati and Danielle are so close, and he decides he is going to rock the boat a little bit. Well, and I think he feels like, because when they're discussing this, because Parvati to us is like, yeah, no, it needs to be five heroes at the end. Like, all the, or five villains at the end, it, all the heroes must go, he, he, he. So it's like she and Danielle kind of this united front about it needs to be Rupert. And then Russell's like, huh, they're kind of a team. That's not right. Parvati and I are supposed to be the team. She's got to go. Yeah. Russell, so he he wants to do something about this. So he first goes up to Danielle and tells her that Parvati needs to go. And Danielle's like, all right, sure, but now's not the time. So then Russell goes up to Parvati and tells her that Danielle came to him and said that he wanted to vote her out. So he tells us, like, yeah, I'm working both of them. This was truly good on Parvati because she, like, immediately smells bullshit. And she's like, no, 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 I need to, I need to talk to her about this. And Russell's like, don't you dare. Yeah. And he gets so fired up. And Parvati's like, don't yell at me. And, like, who are you to tell me who I can have a conversation with? Yeah, and she was like, I'm not voting for her tonight. So, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think she knows something fishy's going on. Well, as soon as he got that aggressive with it and was like, are you serious? You're going to say something to her? Like, you're going to screw yourself? He pretty much gave himself up that it was fake because if she had really said it, he wouldn't have cared that much. Yeah. And they do talk. Parvati and Danielle have a chat, and – they they realize what they realize exactly what Russell is doing and it, the, Russell wants to get Danielle out completely now and he this is when he tells Colby and Rupert and they're like oh yeah and at one point Russell and Rupert fist bump and it's just like Rupert why are you being so fickle well the thing is yeah it's so funny because yeah it's like Russell in the shelter to Colby uh, one thing Dan yeah Danielle says he wants us at each other's throats and it's so true it's like pitting women against women like 
oh, like, I'll, like, try to manipulate them, and then with their emotions, then they'll go at each other. Like, that is what he's trying to do. It's fucked up. But Russell goes to Colby, and he's like, tonight, it has to be Danielle. Were you going to say something else about the... Well, I was going to say that the thing to keep in mind here, because I kept forgetting, is that Russell has the immunity necklace. Like, I was like, oh, if he's doing this much like sneaking around why aren't they voting him out i was like oh yeah he's a fucking necklace you idiot yeah. <laughs> um yeah and he he goes to colby he's like tonight it has to be danielle and then he goes up to rupert just goes i got another plan danielle rupert's like yeah funny how things change in this game like russell says and then they fist bump and he's like i know damn it and it's like oh you just literally were like saying russell's the grimiest person and you're this hero with all this integrity and now you're gonna work with him exactly he's the hero when it suits him and the villain when it suits him yeah but i mean i well i guess technically though like he's not gonna vote for colby and he can't vote for russell so really i guess what else is there to do yeah i guess guess he's gonna but just like i don't know the fist bump and everything it's like i would you know you just be like okay i'm going along with your plan yeah the last thing we get before we go to tribal is parvati and danielle talk to jerry and they're like jerry we need to stick with Rupert. In the words of Sweet Keith Nail, stick to the plan. Vote for <laughs> Rupert. And then Russell tells Jerry, no, 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 let's get Danielle. And Jerry is like, this is nuts, dude. But okay. And it, the thing is, is, I don't even care about Danielle as a person. Like, I have no particular allegiance to her. But even I can see that this is shenanigans. If you're a villain, if you're in the villains alliance, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, it's so messed up the way Russell's talking to Jerry because he's like, he's like, if you don't vote vote Danielle, you'll be next. And she's like, don't threaten me. And he's yeah. like, it's not because of me. Like that's that's like it Russell's is. like that is his thing that he does. He's like, oh well, if you don't do this, this is gonna happen. Like he is threatening, and then he's like gaslighting because they're like, don't threaten me. He's like, I'm not threatening you. It's them. They're after you. Exactly. And this is this is where. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you how it is. Throughout this whole season, I've had, I've taken issue with Russell and I haven't been able to articulate why. And this is where I still, I'm still not quite there, but it's becoming clearer to me. It's like, I just think there's such smart women on this island. Like Parvati, Sandra, Jerry, although she's been letting me down, but I love Jerry. And I just hate that it's so Russell focused. And I like, I feel like they could be doing, and Ashley, to your point, a couple episodes ago, you were like, yeah, but if they keep Russell around, he is their meat shield. He is their target, which I see, but I'm just, I'm sick of it. Yeah. I want them to get like the, like credit where credit's due. I guess. I mean, I I just know, though, if if Russell goes, I feel like they're thinking, like, Russell has so many enemies, like, he is good to bring to the end, because everyone hates him. And they don't even know what happened last season, right? Because that was Russell's first season. Correct. Russell was truly born too soon. If Russell was playing the game now, for the first time, and nobody knew him, he would, there's no, I, I, I do not doubt that he would win. Yeah. But he's playing the game before these kind of moves are respected. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a shame. And the thing is, is now it, he couldn't he couldn't win because everybody knows he's Russell Hands. Okay. Exactly. Well, I, you know, it's okay. He's just going to have to send um, 
don't send out a bloodline of his <laughs> to, to, to win the game oh, for the Hans family. I'll pee in the rice. I'll pee in the beans. <laughs> Brandon's the best. Oh God! He wants to come back, by the way. So I hope they, you know, take him up on that. Oh my God! If you wait it. a minute, if you if you had been the Russell and you had been on Survivor and you had to send a relative in your place, who would it be? Christy. Oh God. Or Justin, maybe. Christy or Justin. I wonder if Justin would be... I feel like Justin would be pretty good at Survivor, but I feel like he'd have a hard time backstabbing people. I don't think so. He's really charming, like, at the right time, and I feel like he's really good at, like, getting what he wants. I think uh, he might do better than Christy, actually. I think they'd both do well, though. Christy, no. Okay, Christy's an evil genius. Like, and she she (laughs) comes across so... I mean, she is is a nice person, but she... Christy has a very, like, innocent, like, air about her, but her mind is working. I don't both <laughs> Christy's kind of like a Sandra where she'll, like, lay low, but she'll be still making moves. You just don't know it. Yeah. I, I guess think- I'll say this. Christy and Justin, as a pair, blood versus water, would be a sick combination. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd love to see Justin it. could do some schmoozing. I think they do really well. We should submit them. <laughs> we should. And they're really, like, adventurous and outdoorsy. I think they'd like it. I think they would do yeah. just fine with, like, the food and the activities. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's they'd good. do much better than me. Oh, me too. Oh, okay. I can't think of anyone for my... Like, okay, if if you ask... If this was, like, when Survivor, like, kind of first came out or something, like, I would say Jim... Because I, I don't know, like, he's so lovable. And he's also, like, he he's definitely resourceful. And he could definitely help around camp and, like, figure out ways to make life easier. And he could probably catch some fish. So I probably would send Jim. But now he's, like, in his early 60s and he's had a hip replacement. Not because it's, like, not like an elderly type hip. He fell out of a tree and when he was hunting and broke his hip. But oh Jim God, would be, like, the Keith that. Nail for sure. Yeah, yeah. he would be adorable. <laughs> I, I truly don't know. I, I It's unfair of me to ask the question that I couldn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe okay. Doug. He doesn't like to get into the water is the problem. Oh. Also, too, I just don't think Doug would concern himself with... I feel like he would have a hard time making alliances because I feel like he just wouldn't yeah. want to engage with them. He would be like... He'd be a real Dale. What were his novels? I think that's read? an insult to Doug to call him a Dale. No, you're right. He reads this, this. He reads this book series called. I guess I don't know what the series is called, but okay, they call it the Prey series, and it's like Rules of Prey, Shadow Prey, Eyes of Prey, <laughs> Silent Prey, Winter Prey. Night Prey, Mind Prey, Sudden Prey. I'm just, these are all on Google and th- I haven't even gotten through half of them. They're oh, by wow. John, well, John was, Sanford. <laughs> I feel like is his luxury item. He would just bring one of his prey books and kind of just like chill and like be reading it. And it, it, it's called like Silent Prey and everyone's like- It I'm would intimidate everyone. They'd be like, he's <laughs> silent, but he's waiting to attack. Yeah. Oh my God. He, he, it would be an interesting show for sure. <laughs> but I guess we should say too. Wait, Christy and Justin are Courtney's cousins and like our friends too. We and they're siblings. Friends. Yes, and they are siblings. And then Jim is my sweet dad, and then Doug is Laura's sweet dad. Correct. 
Let's get into this the second tribal of the, the episode. Jeff starts off by asking Rupert who's running the show, and Rupert's like, oh, it's Parvati or Russell. And then Danielle chimes in, and she's like, actually, we make decisions together. And Jeff basically calls bullshit, and then Jerry's like, yeah, that's not true. And tries to get into, like, well, then if we're making decisions together, what happened today? And Danielle's like, oh, that was a miscommunication. Yeah. And then I think Par- Parvati's like, oh, Danielle and I were pitted against each other and jeff's like mm-hmm. oh so russell you got caught and russell's like i didn't get caught doing nothing yeah. so russell just kind of tries to spin this whole thing like throwing danielle under the bus again and she gets a little emotional i you know i hate when people cry on survivor yeah you know what though i feel like it is okay i feel like if you are like like hungry and like just physically depleted like mentally exhausted it's really hard when someone like puts your character into question and they're lying and but people like don't believe you. And they're not saying they don't believe her either, but it's just like she there's really no way to know the truth. And so I feel like she's just getting really frustrated cuz like he did make up this like lie about her and is putting a spin on it and you know, it's making her look bad and also you know, threatening her place in the game. I, I definitely get it, and trust me, look, I, if I were ever on the show, I'd be the biggest hypocrite, because I would be crying, like, night one. Yeah. I would probably shed a tear or two. Yeah, she would have been better off if she was just more dismissive of Russell instead of getting on the defense. It was just like, you know what, Russell, everyone knows who you are, they know you're a liar, let's leave it at that. Instead of trying to defend herself, she just digs herself a deeper hole. I kind of almost don't even know if the crying makes her look guiltier, but I think it makes her look more like a wild card. Like, where's her head at? I think it makes her look desperate because she's just, you know, saying anything she thinks that'll help her and it actually backfires. Yeah, well, it definitely backfires because she's like, I'm a wreck, you know, I'm exhausted. And then, but she says, I'm closer to poverty than you think. And that Parvati, was like, the nail in her coffin right there. Yeah, and she like... Part she doesn't fall on face palm, but like you can see, she like puts her hand to her forehead, and that's I don't know. That's I feel like what did seal Danielle's fate here. Um, I guess it is because because Russell. Then you see him look at Jerry and mouth Danielle. Yeah, I don't think Jerry had her mind made up either. I think if Danielle had done better, she would have went along with her. But I think, too, the fact that she kept pushing that she's in an alliance with Russell and Parvati and leaving Jerry and Sandra out of it, you know, that's going to put thoughts in their head. She just kept saying, we, me, Russell and Parvati have been in an alliance from the start. So if that was me and I was Jerry, I would think, okay, well, then that's your two for the end. So I don't need you. Yeah, that's 110%. Let's get to the vote. We got... (laughs) The <laughs> same same start as last time. Rupert, Rupert, Rupert. Danielle, 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 Danielle. Parvati goes, that's messed up. And Rupert's just like, well. Yeah. Damn. And it's, I, I really actually didn't know what was going to happen, I think, going into it. I still kind of thought it maybe it was going to be Rupert. I but... did too. Yeah. It's definitely, I, I wanted it to be. Gonna... You can watch it so many times, yet you still don't remember when it comes down to tribal. I, I still get nervous and stuff. But yeah, so Danielle has gone. Jeff's final words to us are, the villains are clearly not one big happy family. Rupert and Colby love to, live to see another day, and it's clearly anybody's game. Danielle and her little 
exit interview says, Russell is insane, and I put my foot in my mouth by calling him out. It's so funny because I don't remember Danielle. She's definitely one of those borderline people. She was not really, like, super villainous on her original season. So I feel like this, it probably would be hard if you're not that villainous of a person being thrown onto a tribe with the villains and having to act that way. Where did Danielle come from? Like, have I seen her before? Because no. I don't remember her. Okay, that's good then. She, so she really didn't make an impression. 12 Panama. Oh, okay. So she's way back. Yeah. So this was the se- This is um, Suri's first season. Oh, I love Suri. Yeah, I love Suri too. I have a very tricky question for you guys. Who do you think is the MVP of this episode? Ooh. Mm, Russell. You can also argue that Rupert escaping elimination twice is pretty good. I would just say Russell because the whole Danielle versus Parvati thing really looked like it was going to blow up in his face, but it still ended up working out in his favor. Yeah, And he won immunity. That is true. Yeah, but I'll definitely give props to Rupert for surviving two tribals. Yeah. True. Getting votes at both, but still escaping elimination. Who do you think, Laura? I, I I guess I'd agree with either. Part of me, I also I also want to give props to Sandra because she didn't. It's I don't want to say because she didn't do anything wrong because that shouldn't be enough to make you MVP. But again, she keep in mind she's been on the bottom of this alliance. She has certainly been at the bottom of every relationship in this game, but is still there. She found the idol, and I'm just. So I, this shouldn't be, again, shouldn't be something that you praise, but I'm just so glad that she didn't tell anybody. Yeah, that definitely was smart of her. Any final thoughts before I get into some Ponderosa fun facts? I don't think so. All right. Well, Courtney, I don't know if you recall from our previous episodes that you may have listened to. But basically, well, there's a there's a couple of things. First of all, I will I will say that when Candace gets to Ponderosa, like nobody talks to her because everybody is upset with her. And finally, JT tries to break the ice and like get people to talk to her. Coach talks to her a little bit. And then everybody's kind of fine with Danielle coming. Okay. But like I mentioned, the biggest storyline on Ponderosa, and I, I need to dedicate, like, a night of my life to trying to find these, like, mini-sodes or whatever, but they formed a band called the Dragons, where Coach is the lead singer. Oh, my God. And um, in this episode, they actually film a music video. I'll try to share some clips and Instagram stories when I finally get around to it. But I thought it it might be fun if I just played a little snippet for you guys. Oh, yeah, this that would be fun. Musical artistry. This is a dragon slayer. <laughs> One of the lead vocals for the dragons. New band on the scene. You're about ready to watch our first, hopefully, mini videos on the dance floor. You guys ready? Yeah. JT is pretty good at guitar. I was going to say, who's playing the guitar? Yeah. 
All right, I feel like you get the idea. Yeah. Hey, it sounds pretty good to me. Who's the female vocalist, Courtney? Courtney. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, definitely have to listen to the whole version when we hang yeah, out. Yeah, it definitely I'll sounds send, like link. it's like a '90s grungy kind of song. I don't no, know I what they were saying, but your time. That's so funny. I like the introduction too. Hi, this is the Dragon Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I'm really getting a soft spot for the Dragon Slayer, and I need to know more about um, his his uh, experience with you know being in Bachelor Nation, being a fan. <laughs> I go back and forth on Coach because I, I like he does all of these little things that make me love him, like the Bachelor Nation thing. But then he also like, I, I guess because he is, well, I don't know, not to say that one has anything to do with the other, but he is religious. And I feel like he tends to get on his high horse like he was shaming Ozzy for having an OnlyFans. Oh, uh, that's not cool. No. Yeah. Sex work is work, Coach. Yeah. I feel like Coach is, like, a good person, just what I know of him. I mean, I don't know him, so I don't want to make that bold of a declaration, but I think he has a good heart and means well, but his execution isn't always great. Yeah, maybe he's a little misguided at times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's get into Survivor Scuttlebutt, which is when we just share anything that we've seen from the Survivor community in the past week. I only have one Survivor-related thing, and it's just kind of, like, a funny update to something that we talked about earlier so actually i don't remember when this was this was like ages ago when nick wilson just like happened across a puppy you remember this yeah wait is about what happened today because that was mine well was it today or yes okay yeah he like went to one of his rental properties and just found a cat and it's like why is he literally like always finding stray animals i know it's like my dream to find stray animals that i can you know rehabilitate or play with well i i screenshotted his, it was in, on his instagram story i screenshotted it because his the cat he finds looks just like my cat and they just gave me thoughts of like what, what if nick wilson becomes the stepdad to my cat but him and he's married it's not gonna happen but you know you never know but it's a cute little gray cat like my cute little gray cat I also that him. cat is like sitting on his lap all friendly like that's a nice stray to find usually they're a little scared yeah is that a russian blue uh, I don't know. I mean, because my cat came from a litter of, like, two black kittens and a tabby and, like, a gray and white tabby. And then him and he's all gray and looks just like that. Hmm. Yeah, but it's a cute kitty. Speaking yeah. of uh, kitties, Mark just sent me a new picture of Jeff's cats. I'll send to you guys. They look pretty cute. I'm always down for a p- anyone listening. Send us a picture of your cat. We yeah. Is there anything else that you found interesting? I haven't seen a ton of stuff, I'll be honest. Yeah, I haven't. I tried to do a Google search today to see if I could find anything, and the only thing I saw was there was an interview with Philip Shepard, but I didn't get around to reading it all about his experience on Survivor. Was it like the Entertainment Weekly thing? Yes, it was really long, though, so I didn't get too far into it. Yeah, Yeah, I'd be interested in reading that. Well, I, I mentioned I wanted to talk about some Bachelor stuff, and Courtney, sorry, I know you don't watch, but this, I think you'll still find this interesting, but basically what happened was in a recent episode of The Bachelor fan favorite, Chelsea Vaughn, had um, a one-on-one date with The Bachelor, Matt James, and Chelsea is like a beautiful model just for what it's worth, but 
they the bachelor has been doing I, I don't want to like applaud them for anything because this is like the least they can do, but they've been doing a good job of showing more like important conversations. And Chelsea had one with Matt about how she used to be like obsessed with her hair and having like this perfect straight hair. And it was really, I, 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 I hesitate to talk about this too much as a white woman talking about a black woman's hair, but this was like, she was talking about how, sent like how emotional it was for her and then she finally decided to shave her head and it was like very freeing and it was a really beautiful conversation and then caitlin bristow who courtney you'll know from dancing with the stars yep she was a bachelorette and she's she's i guess she was doing like a live story recap or watching it and she talked about how that made her think of her insecurities with her hair and then then she chooses to plug a, a vitamin that she's selling and and sells the vitamin and so it was like her using a black woman sharing her story about her hair which is a very complicated nuanced thing and then using it for profit and i didn't i didn't see this because i actually unfollowed caitlin a while ago just in as we've been talking about our unfollowing uh purge or whatever and a lot of people called her out, rightfully so. I thought there is this person that uh, Date Card shared their stories. Uh, her Instagram name is Ash Talks Batch. And she basically broke down why what Caitlyn did is not okay. But then why her... So then Caitlyn apologized. But then she points out like all the ways in which the apology is flawed, which I thought made a ton of sense. Like basically Caitlyn's apology was her watching like a nine minute video on the history of like black women's hair and then crying and being like oh my god i'm so sorry and then tagging chelsea in every apology story and it's like one you're not gonna understand this issue from a nine minute video and two ashley this kind of reminded me of the um toy marie jenna kuchar situation that happened yeah. last year where when you apologize to somebody publicly and tag them you're putting this weird pressure on them to publicly accept it and acknowledge it on your yeah. timeline exactly because i mean what she could have done she could have reached out to chelsea first and spoken with her and found out where her head was at but no instead she just posted the apology and she definitely centered the apology around her own feelings of shame yeah and you know just like guilt embarrassment not and that yeah that's not an apology really when you talk about like when you make it about yourself yeah i'll put i'll put the slides that um ash talks batch put together that date card then shared i'll put those in our instagram story because i think she explains it much better than i ever could and it was just very helpful to me as a white woman to read it and understand why what caitlin did is problematic the first i was first i guess I started learning more about this. I, if you, if you don't know, if you haven't heard me talk about it, I am obsessed with the, the British Royal family. And I love this account called it's by Elizabeth Holmes. And it's called so many thoughts. And she talks about the Royals and, you know, one of the things she would talk about is just like, you know, their outfits, their makeup, their hair. And she was called out last year for talking about Meghan Markle's hair because she would, you know, sometimes describe it as like a messy bun. And it's like, 
you, you as a white woman can't describe a black woman's hair as like a messy like messy body you know what I mean just like stuff like that and like mm-hmm. that's when I first started to learn about like the nuances and like why why you just can't comment on it because it's not something for us to to have commentary on so yeah it's just I don't know I think it just like I I it was just it was gross it was gross of Caitlyn to do yeah and like and I've definitely learned to and like true and I'm not she still went about her apology the wrong way and something she said was that I guess she just heard Chelsea talk about hair and then she just like immediately went and started talking to her boyfriend Jason about it like mm-hmm. yeah like that's right and like didn't listen to what she was saying about you know about it being related to her being black but and i guess like not everyone's heard but i guess i personally have been you know learning a lot recently and i know i've seen a lot like hair is political and like i mean there's even laws in some states that you can't have natural hair you're not law so there's no laws against a job saying you can't wear your natural hair like as a black Which is not it's just yeah, weird like i don't know just let people wear their hair how they please like how does it affect you your job just like leave it yeah, well, mm-hmm. it's, it's racist. So I mean, yeah. I guess. Well, that's guess, why they do it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, and sure. Like, I don't fault Caitlyn for not knowing it, but I do fault how she went about her apology. I also fault um, have a problem with the fact that she would just even see that and think, "Oh, this is a good opportunity for me to promote something," you know? Yeah. That in general, even if it wasn't about race, even Justin, if, it was a big... if anyone's talking about something they struggle with, and you look at that as an opportunity to promote something, it's it's wrong no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Whew, okay. I just I don't know. I that I haven't been again like we've been talking about the past three episodes, and then in our text messages, the three of us about how we've kind of been on this. A journey to clean up our Instagrams a little bit. I've unfollowed a lot of Bachelor Nation people just because I don't know, like the, like Caitlin Bristow. I before all, I'm not like I just I don't know. I'm just like sick of the the constant ads and the promotion, and it just doesn't feel like very it, like I, I don't know. It doesn't really add that much for me, but I just it caught my eye and I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Again, like, you know, we're here to talk about Survivor, but I think we also just like talking about the reality TV microcosm as a whole. Yeah. With that said, should we get into luxury items? Sure. Courtney, special guest, do you want to kick it off? Sure. So I haven't been doing much, but one thing I have been doing, and it's kind of silly, is I've been going to the library and getting DVDs, and it's just I love fun. That. It kind of reminds me of going to Blockbuster, because, like, I'll reserve one online. Let's say, like, okay, like, call me by your name. That was one of them. I was like, I want to watch this movie. So when I went to pick Had it up. Had you not seen it? No, I have. I just wanted to okay. rewatch. But then I, when I went to pick it up, I was like, I'm just going to browse around and, you know, see what other movies they have. So I got, like, a bunch of random movies. Like, I got The First Wives Club, which I haven't I love seen. The First Wives Club. I haven't seen that since I was, like, whatever age I was young when it came out with my mom. And then yeah. I got Mama Mia, which I had never seen, which was really good. Wait um, a minute. Sorry, 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 sorry. We have to talk, <laughs> we have to talk about it. Okay, so... Obviously, one of the songs in Mamma Mia is Dancing Queen, which I've heard a lot in my life. And I always thought they said, you can dance, you can die having the time of your life. It's just what it always sounded like to me. I never question it. But then on Mamma Mia, like it being a different version, different people singing it, it was so clearly, you can dance, you can jive. And it just like 
blew my mind. I was shocked. And I was like, why has no one ever corrected me on this? I guess maybe no one ever noticed, but I never, I never noticed. It, it really takes it down a level like of intensity. Like you can dance, you can die to me. It was like, you can dance, you can die, like dance or die, you know, but now it's just, you can drive. It's just not as fun anymore. I understand. And we, I mean, we've sang um, Dancing Queen together probably a million times, and I've never noticed. Yeah, that's because it sounds like die, but it is jive. If, if anyone else uh, has had this problem, please let me know if anyone else made the same mistake. <laughs> I would love to know if there's anyone else out there. I know. I was thinking about posting on Instagram and be like, does anyone else think this? Like, am I alone here? I'll have to Google it and see if anyone's ever talked about it. I'm sure they have. But, uh, yeah, so I've been just getting DVDs. Like, right now, I have Gladiator, which I haven't seen in years. I don't even know if I'll like it anymore, but I figured I'd give it a try. Um, Almost Famous, because we've kind of talked about the I whole... watched that on Friday night. Did you? Mm-hmm. We were talking about, what was that, what's that guy's name? Billy Crudup? Crudup? I don't know. Yeah. If he's hot or not. So I think that was, like, in the back of my mind when I saw it. I was well, like, grab this one. He's super, fu- he's super fucking hot in that movie. I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah. And then, what else did I get? I got The Book Thief, which was a book I liked. I never saw the movie, so I'm interested to see that. Do you remember we had Book Thief in our book club? Yeah, that was our first book club book, wasn't it? That's how we became friends. Like, Uh, good friends. (laughs) But, um, so then I got these I didn't know, I don't think I knew it was a movie. Yeah, I think it's like a couple years old. I don't know if it's good or not. I'm shocked that I wouldn't have seen it. I feel like I must have seen it. You probably did. I think that's the reason it got buzzed. Like, the movie was coming out around the time we read it. So I think that's why, like, the name of the book was, like, very popular then and probably how we selected it. I really feel, I really have no recollection of the movie. I never saw it. I definitely did not see it, but I'll let you know how it is when I do watch it. Okay. And I got a couple other things, but I don't think they're relevant it was just like random movies but then I was thinking about and I was like I really like call me by your name I mean army hammer that's a whole thing I won't get into but (laughs) I like Timothy Chalamet so I was like I'm gonna watch all his movies so I made a list and right now I have little woman on deck which I've already seen but I want to watch it again but then I was like you know what I don't want to go on the podcast and sound stupid because I don't really talk that much anymore to people so I like forget how to say words so I googled it so I was like it is Timothy Chalamet right which then led me to that's actually Mochi? not how you pronounce his name yeah it's timote <laughs> it's like Timote. i'm not gonna do that but it's timote Chalame. yeah so it's like when people say like croissant or crap like, like your mom that's who i was thinking of but i'm like well that should just be like yeah i saw the new timote Chalamet movie oh my god i that's should that's like- its name but it's just it just seems weird no one will know who i'm talking about that's like Matt, like he he pronounces Gouda cheese howda. Howda would <laughs> be like, what the hell is howda? That's like the Dutch way of saying it. Or like instead of Amsterdam, he'll say Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, <that one. laughs> like there's certain things like, okay, like, yeah, I could order a gyro, but everyone calls it a gyro, so I'm just gonna call it a gyro. Yeah. At a certain point, like it's easier maybe just to say it the wrong way if you won't if no one will know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. But yeah, besides that, I'm trying to think, is there anything else I've been into recently? Not really. That's about all I've been doing. It's just watching a lot of movies. 
I have I have a couple. I I bit the bullet and did the Discovery Plus trial, and I'll probably pay for it because I know these people are kind of problematic, but whatever. I, it's kind of basic, but I love Fixer Upper. I love it. It's so good. And I I wanted to see the new episode of it. So we watched that. It was good. That's exciting. I did I did a trial too. I actually just haven't watched anything yet. And I'm probably going to get charged like today for it. Because I think I did it last weekend. But I just really want to go back and watch like the first ever episode of Guys Grocery Games. Because I've never seen it. That's on Discovery Plus. What is Discovery Plus? Like, what networks are encompassed DLC, in that? Food Network, um, HGTV. Okay. Um, the Magnolia Network. I didn't even know that was a thing. It's, it's a new thing. Huh. My mom's upset because her favorite show, Dr. Pimple Popper, apparently is very Ew, ew, oh my god. <laughs> That's so gross. I actually, honestly, like I, for some reason, I just started to not feel super well and I can't, we can't even talk about it any further. Okay. That's fine. I hate it. That's too, nasty. Right? I'm not into that. Imagine, well, and it's like, I walk into a room and that's what I see. Again, Ew. I, I can't Ew. even talk about The fact model. that there's even a market for that show is pretty gross. Damn. I know. It's, <laughs> I, the, the thing, I literally almost threw up the one Ew. thing that we saw the other day. All right. Oh moving God. on. <laughs> I have one more. We started watching last night this show. On, it's on Apple TV, uh, Ted Lasso. And it's a comedy. And I honestly, like, I'm not really in the mood for comedy these days because I need something that's going to, like, really hold my attention. But all my coworkers are talking about it. And, you know, I have terrible FOMO. So it, it is very, like, adorable and delightful, like, kind of like a, a Schitt's Creek office kind of thing. What's the premise? I've heard of it. Okay. I heard it's the good. The premise is it's like this like uh, American football coach from Kansas City gets hired to coach a football, a soccer team in England. Oh, okay. And he has no idea what anything in soccer is. Oh, that sounds like it could be fun. Yeah, I, I've heard good things about it. I haven't checked it yeah. out. Ashley, what about you? Um... As usual, I haven't been watching anything. I actually, like, keep trying to watch stuff. Like, I put on, like, some new Netflix documentary about those, like, minimalist guys that have, I think they have a podcast or something. Couldn't pay attention. I was just, like, playing on my phone. So one thing I did watch yesterday is I was like, I'm going to dive back into The Amazing Race. And I, like, put on season two. And it's just, like, Survivor when it's just very basic in the beginning and then it changes a lot and it's like when you go back to watch an old season of survivor now you're kind of like really like that's the challenge or like really really that's it so i was like you know what i'm gonna watch a season of the amazing race that is a little more modern and familiar so i watched the one with natalie and nadia and I, the, the amazing race is always a good time it's a great show and it, it was nice to see our girls and it's so funny going into it because i feel like when they were on the amazing race i feel like i didn't like them but it's because some of these other teams that were like they didn't like them and they would talk shit about them. But now like that I know Natalie and Nadia and I love them. I'm like, you guys shut the fuck up. You guys <laughs> so they're, they are just really loud. It's so funny. The two of them together, like, cause in the amazing race, there's a lot of the times where one person needs to compete in the, in the like pit stop or whatever it's called. So like the other one would just be yelling the entire time, just being like, 
20, 20, come on, 20, you can do it, 20. And everyone's kind of just like, shut up. But they're great competitors, and I, I just love them. And they're they're so funny, too. They're, I texted you guys the one in, like, the first episode, I think it was, one of their pit stops was they had to eat a dessert in China that is frog fallopian tubes in a papaya. Ew. And it, it just looked so gross. And I'm like, I don't know if I could do that one. I, I would try. But it's just so funny because they're in a restaurant and, like, they were maybe, like, the fourth or fifth, sixth ones there. Like, they were actually more towards the end of the pack. And they, like, cheer – like, I, I think it was it was Nadia eating them. So Natalie cheering, cheering for her sister and stuff. Everyone in the restaurant started cheering. And, like, they just have those personalities. Like, they got everyone involved. Like, the diners were just sitting there when the other people were doing it. You know what I mean? It just – have good energy yeah unfortunately they didn't win but they they made it pretty far did you have any more no i'm i'm tapped out yeah i can't we've also did i say this did i I mention yellowstone last week i've been watching yellowstone i think i did i think you did we're still watching it yeah i'm still watching the challenge i'm actually kind of getting over the challenge though because it gets to a certain point where it's like more about like intense competition than like the fluff that goes on outside of the competition and i kind of prefer the fluff that's how i feel in the new season i'm watching like there's not that much fun happening i want more fun i want more hookups i want you know you should go back on use my cbs all access and watch old seasons like it's so much more fun and about like the hookups and like the friendships and like the dynamic in the house than it is the actual challenge yeah i feel like now all they do on their downtime is like they'll go to that little like club looking thing but they're not even doing anything fun they're just talking about who's mad at who, who's aligned with who. And then if they're not doing that, they're working out. And it's just not that fun. I mean, I still like it, but. Yeah, I like, and I, I mean, I, a big draw for me that was that was Natalie was going to be on it. And then she's gone, but. Well, um, Jay's on it too, but. Yeah, but I feel like does he even get that much airtime? You're not like, caught up, right? No. He, like, gets some airtime, but he's also, I don't know. He's just one of those other ones that's just serious and working out all the time. I just want them to yeah. stop working out, basically. I want them to- I want them to drink more. Yeah. Work out less. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, too, a lot of them that are returning players, though, like, in the beginning, it's, like, they're all, like, a bunch of, like, 20-year-olds. Like, maybe some some are 30. But now, like, these so, – I mean, there's definitely a lot of new younger people thrown into the mix that I don't know. But, like, all the older – all the vets, like, the older ones, like, a lot of them are, like, married with kids and, like, in a relationship and stuff, too. So I guess you're not going to see, like – Yeah. Crazy- Stuff. But there's enough young people they could, you know, spice it up a little. But then there's like CT, who's like 45 probably by now. Oh my god! Okay, well, yeah, I was gonna ask for the veterans that are on it, like CT, Darrell, um, uh, West was on it. Okay, that's like about it from like back in the day, real world road rules people, isn't no, it? We, yeah, oh, we, Anissa's we, on it too. Oh yeah, Anissa. That's um, fun. I like Anissa. Teresa just had a baby, I'm pretty sure. And I don't like Teresa it. at all. Oh, she was from those shows? Yeah, ter- no, Teresa, like, she was on Fresh Meat, too, like, oh. years and years ago. I don't even know if I saw that. Yeah. I felt really upset when DM died. That uh, was awful. I, okay, seriously, like, how do you guys feel about CT? I like CT. But I wish he I was... like I liked him in the lens of I liked his character. It's rude to call him a character. I'm sorry. <laughs> I liked seeing his evolution as a human being I, when I he just, met yeah. and fell in love with him. 
literally like well it's crazy like because i remember watching him on the real world paris which is like probably like 2003 like i was like in ninth grade i think yeah i was in ninth grade and i remember like he would like yell at people like he got in a fight with this girl tina and he was like is it the peanut butter tina <laughs> like laura albone and i used to say that too and, like like jennifer so we used to like quote it all the time like and then he went on the chat and like he also like was terrible to his roommate adam but i mean i oh that i heard some things about him so then ct is kind of like a dick too in the beginning but then he's like so sweet with dm then later he's like kind of addictive dm like when they're still dating on this chest on, on the second challenge they appeared on together and then it's just like their friendship over time like i don't know and he just like really grows up and like the most recent one i'm watching like he has like a little son at home and like Aww. before he goes in it shows him with his like cute little baby i didn't even know he had kids i mean i guess i haven't kept up with cta so i don't yeah. know how i would know i read this article ages ago and i think it was probably around the time that dm passed away and it was like an interview with ct about like how that's his job and shockingly like he doesn't you don't make a ton of money from the challenge being your job i thought he said he it's not his job he has like a full-time regular job Eh, but like i think it's also a little bit i mean i don't know you would have to have a really flexible full-time job if you're going on the challenge every year uh well i don't know i'll I'll try and i'll try and find the article and share it around but the only, I feel like he said something like that on one of the ones I just watched recently. So maybe at that time in his life it was. But Whew, all right. Well, this was this was a fun chat. Yeah. Is it how hard is it snowing where you guys are? Oh, you know I'd what? say like My... medium. <laughs> it's not that much. Uh, it's hard to tell. Oh yeah. I mean, it looks like the ground's white. The ground here is like almost completely white, but I can still see some dead grass in the park. I can't see the ground from my window, but uh, it, it's, it is snowing. <laughs> uh, I'm so grateful that we don't have to go to work. Me too. Like, I'm, oh, go ahead. I'm mostly, I'm not, I, I mean, I am grateful for that, but the part that I'm most grateful for is not having to deal with that gray area when you're like, do we have to go? Do oh we not God. have to go? And you're waiting for somebody to tell you and you don't want to be the person that asks or oh like, I know back in the day when we would be in the office and then it would start snowing while we were already there, then it becomes the game of who is going to leave first. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, my issue was never, well, I mean, the roads are dangerous no matter what. But my issue, because I lived in the city, was parking. So I would be like, guys, you don't understand. I need to get home and get a parking spot before everybody puts out their folding chairs to claim them. Yeah. I was kind of the person in my office who would always start the it's time to go home thing. (laughs) I took that initiative. Like if it like right now, like if there was this much snow when I woke up, no chance I was going into work. Yeah. Because the train's so fickle. Like. Yeah. This much snow can shut it down for hours. So at the first sight of snow, or if they said there might be snow, I would try and work from home because it's just not worth it. I've gotten stuck there before and it was awful. Yeah. Well, what would you do I, if you got stuck? Well, the one time I forget what happened. It was either like a hurricane or snow. I can't remember, but there was like a big weather event and the train started slowly shutting down. Like one would shut down. Then I was like, all right, it's time to go. By the time I decided to go, all the trains were shut down. 
So what I had to do is one of my coworkers takes Patco. So I had to, she took me onto like, we had to go on like the subway and stuff. It was a whole thing. We got on the subway, then we went on Patco and then my parents picked me up in Trenton because there was no way to get back to Doylestown besides taking an Uber. But when that happens, if you don't get there on time, the Ubers will be like $300. You got to get on it quick or they're through the roof. So at one point I was like, maybe I'll just sleep in the office. Maybe I'll see if they'll expense me a hotel, but I ended up getting home, but. Well, I just feel like Damn. it's like why if if people have the ability to work from home, like just let them. And I feel like your bosses, if, if like with weather and stuff, I feel like your boss is pretty good about letting. Oh them yeah, they're really good. Yeah, they're very understanding. At my job, mine like, was like we definitely. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, at mine, like currently, like we we have to go home in like staggered shifts because we need to have coverage. So, I would always just be like, oh my god, please let me go first, because like. It's hard because some people don't understand. Like the one girl lived like ten minutes away, on like a in a more populated area. Like where we like you know where I live, where you know you two used to live. Like you know like how they don't treat the roads sometimes. Like in West Amwell, like particularly outside of Lamberville, where I live, like they might not put salt down immediately, and it's like like windy, and it's like I'm and so it's like my boss would be like, you don't understand. Like I have to I have to leave like as soon as possible. The one time. Shortly after I started my new job in Princeton, it takes me about 30-ish minutes in traffic. Like, maybe, like, a little over 30 minutes because of traffic to get home. It's not that far. It took me four hours to get home. That's insane. Oh yeah, we. I left. I was supposed to work till 6, and I left at 3, and I was supposed to, like, get home and then sign on to resume the rest of my work day until 6. I literally got home at, like, 7.15. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's and nuts. Was, and you know how much I hate driving in the snow. Like, I know, I feel like a lot of people, no, there are some people that don't mind at all and like it. I don't know why I'm about to be like, no one likes it. People do. Some people will, like, think it's fun. I'm like, no. want nothing to do with it. I hate it. It, like, gives me the worst anxiety. I There are tears shed. I actually quit smoking, and I still had a pack in my um glove compartment, and I, I probably smoked, like, ten cigarettes on the way home <laughs> after not Damn. having smoked for, like, two months. But yeah, so anyway, I hate it. So I am just grateful that, you know, I don't have to worry about driving it or the anxiety that you were talking about. Like when you go to and you know, it's going to snow overnight and you're like, there's no way we're going to have to go to work tomorrow. And then it's just enough snow to be annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I actually just saw something because um, as I'm sitting here, I saw my Instagram open, like looking for survivor scuttlebutt. Did you guys see? And just because recently, like, I feel like you like the two of us and Brian, like I feel like we've talked about America's Next Top Model a little bit, and I watched a couple seasons recently, and then also we just just the conversation of Tyra on Dancing with the Stars and how we like were not liking her as a host. Do you remember Lisa from America's Next Top Model? I think she was on one of the earlier seasons, and then she came back and ultimately won All Stars. Wasn't she on something else too? Like I feel like I've seen her on another show too. You. You might have. I know. I think I, I know, know who she talking. is. I, remember I can't remember. Her. I remember her. Okay, she posted this video on Instagram, like, and like she's crying in moments of it. But it starts off with the Lily Allen song "Fuck You" playing in the background, <laughs> and it's addressed to Tyra. So I I know where it's going. But she really like called Tyra out for like what is shown on the cameras like she acts like she's like there for them but really like when the camera's not rolling she like pays no mind to them and just like she would use painful things from their past to like manipulate them and then like you know 
portray them to be a certain thing and she's just like a terrible person and like a couple other people um have been calling tyra out too and like nigel barker like put like prayer hands on one of on on someone's caption so and i think someone i can't so i think someone else was like just recently came out with a book and brings brings something up so i don't know just kind of i feel like top model like and tyra's like made some apologies for it before but I don't know. It's just pretty wild. I'm kind of interested to see what, because some people are like, yeah, like ABC, like, you know, don't, don't let her be the host because of, you know, this coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's, she's, there's been a lot of problematic shit with America, America's next top model. Yeah. I feel like it was kind of, I don't know, too much. Like I haven't watched it since I did watch it, but it was just kind of too intense. I feel like for very little return because hardly anyone really made it big after i mean some people did not that it's okay if you did make it big but it was just kind of overkill i think well and it was just like a really fucked up message too because Mm -hmm. like tyra like in what like well this one model model like she was in a later season i think her name is her name is gina something and i just don't remember her because i don't think i watched it this time but i guess like she got portrayed as being like a villain and but also i think that like she got criticism about like her hair and she had alopecia and like sometimes tyra's like this flaw makes you beautiful and other times like tyra's like you really think you're going to be a top model if you don't do this to like make yourself norm like more normal like they like Joni and danielle on season six like tyra just like made dentist appointments for them against their will and like took them yeah. and they're like oh we're getting like Joni, we're like literally get, ripping out your teeth and giving you veneers and oh danielle you're closing your gap and danielle refused and tyra like gave her shit for not closing the gap in her teeth and tyra also was always critical of her um the way she spoke because she was just like had a really really like thick southern accent and i don't know just fucked up yeah it yeah. is fucked up Sorry, I, I, we were I, we were wrapping up, and then I it just it just came to me. <laughs> well, the thing is, too, like I don't know exactly how veneers work, but I'd imagine that's something you have to kind of freshen up every once in a while, or yeah. do something with. So you're not really helping someone. You rip out their teeth, give them all fake teeth, and then you just send them on their way. Like you don't know if that's something they want to start with, and if something they can even keep up with, you know. So yeah, it's not right. Kind of like taking advantage. Yeah. yeah. Just in general, I feel like it's just kind of wild because, like, you know, just reality TV, like, has changed a lot. So, you know, that's, like, like the stuff that happened on Top Model and, like, stuff that happened in earlier seasons of Survivor, like, would not fly today. No. That's why, like, I wish we could finally get a new season of Survivor to see some of the changes that they've said they say they're going to implement. Yeah. Well, I, hopefully they start filming in April. Like, it's rumored they might. That's what I heard. They're doing three seasons back to back. So there'll be a spring one, a fall one, and then a 2022 one. Hopefully. I hope so. That would be amazing. That's what I saw today. All right, guys. Well, let's let's head out and not watch the Super Bowl because it's not today. (laughs) It's it's next week where I still will not be watching it, but I will be doing the snacks. Yeah. All right, Courtney, thank you for joining us as always. Chatterbox. guys. Oh, you're so welcome. Chatterboxes. If you have not, we would so appreciate if you could leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Idle Chatter Pod. That's it. That's all of it. Yeah. That's it, guys. 
Have a great week, and we'll be back next Monday to recap the penultimate episode of Heroes vs. Villains. Very exciting. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.